What's up, everybody? This is Alexis, and you're watching the Power To Be Show podcast. When the worship service is over, what do you do? Many of us go to church every week, and some go periodically, but worship is not a one-day event. It's in everything you do, including while working throughout the week. On the Power To Be Show, we are showing people every week the impact of recognizing how God impacts every aspect of your life. Dive in each week as Dr. Bird, who is both a pastor and professor, chats with various entrepreneurs and leaders in the community. This week, we have a special guest, Nathalie Casado, founder of Sarah Kalai Inc., a nonprofit founded on the principles of love, servant leadership, best interest, synergy, and excellence. Their mission is improving and transforming children's lives and the world's future generations through education and social-emotional resources, enhancing well-being through cognitive and emotional development, physical and spiritual wellness, and mental health. Before I turn it over to the host, all I ask is that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, leave a comment on the episode, and share with your circle. We all have the power to be. Now here's your host, Dr. Terrell Bird. Welcome to another episode of the Power to Me Show. Be creative, be connected, and be courageous. Worship does not stop on Sunday. Thank you, Alexis, for introducing our guest and giving a little bit of a biographical background. I am delighted to have on our show not only my friend, I love her, I love her husband, and now she's got a little one coming soon, uh, just one more to love. But we welcome Natalie Casado to our show. Welcome, Natalie. Thank you so much for having me here. Well, I'm glad you're here. And you traveled all the way from Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, and uh, so how are things back in Phoenix? Hot. It's hot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they are really hot it's right hot. now. Yeah. We are literally in the middle of the summer. Yeah, I think it's hot everywhere. I was, I was in Michigan, Grand Rapids, Michigan, a couple of weeks ago. And they were actually hotter there than we are in Florida. So it's just it's hot everywhere. But uh, hey, that it's summertime, summertime. Yeah, yeah right now I think that it, it was this week that it was about 100, it, it got to 110 wow, degrees. 110. Like the, the difference is that here you, at least you have a little bit of breeze. Yeah, and yeah. And some. Oh, it's just some dry humidity. heat there, right? Yes. Yeah. Like it's <laughs> yeah. six o'clock and the breeze that you feel is like hot air just coming yeah, to your Yeah, <laughs> to yeah, yeah. Well, well, I'm, I'm glad that you're here. I'm, I'm really excited about the work you are doing and have been doing. I know a lot about the story, but a lot of our listeners and viewers may not. But one of the things that we emphasize is how do we integrate our faith into the work we do? Because worship doesn't stop on, on Sunday, but there's a Monday, there's a Tuesday. And what are we doing to really engage our faith throughout the week? 
I know you've been doing a lot of that, but before I get into specifically the work you're doing, tell our audience a little bit, little bit about who you are. Okay, so first of all, I'm Colombian. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I think that that's one of the first things about me. Well, I wanted to say something, too, because I thought that it would be a great thing for you to, for our Spanish-speaking audience, to welcome them to the Power to Be show. Absolutely. In Spanish. (laughs) Bueno, bienvenidos a Power to Be. Um, Por favor, suscríbanse, escuchen este beautiful, hermoso podcast. Es increíble y es una manera perfecta para poder entender cómo integrar la fe con el día a día. Gracias. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much. And so, yes, give us a little background because one of the things that you, I mean, you you talk about being from Colombia. Talk a little bit about, about that. Uh, well, I am Colombian, mm-hmm. so I'm a coffee drinker, <laughs> an arepa eater. Um, so, yes, I'm Colombian. I was there, like, I, I, I have been there for my whole life until nine years ago okay. that I actually came here to continue my studies. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I have a very strong family. Uh, we were raised together, mm-hmm. very um, close bond. Right. And uh, my brother actually came here to the States and we pretty much followed him. Um, So I continued my studies here. But before I came here, I met a wonderful man Mm -hmm. and um, I married him. And he's the person that has been my partner during all of this time. And he was actually, he's the the co-founder of of the organization. So um, that's a little bit about me. Um, Now, now let me, let me just ask you. So, uh, education, uh, continuing your education is what, what motivated you to come to the States. Uh, you were working on what kind of a degree? So I studied over there, okay. international business management. Mm-hmm. And, um, actually one of the things that I wanted to do was my master's in leadership. And I wanted to find a place where I could integrate my faith mm-hmm. with my studies And I found PBA, which ended up being very close to where my brother was living. Um, I ended up not pursuing the master's in leadership, but my master's in business administration, just because it was aligned to what I was doing. But it was always kind of like that question mark of, well, Lord, what am I going to be doing with what I studied and what I, like, I feel like that I should be doing, doing. right? Right, right. Um, But But Palm Beach Atlantic mm -hmm. kind of fit into that initially, you say, or? Yes, as I was kind of discovering and trying to find out how to integrate Mm -hmm. my studies Mm -hmm. with my faith. Mm -hmm. So that's how I started just going through the MBA at the Christian University. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, that's that's great. And so your, your life partner, Emerson, uh, he too was studying uh, at Palm Beach Atlantic University. In fact, I had the privilege of having him uh, as a student. So uh, really, and also ordaining him as a deacon in our church. So I uh, got to really know uh, him well also. Let me talk a little bit about what inspired you to begin working in the area of children and uh, I know that it, uh, some of it involved working internationally with kids from another country. So talk a little bit about your inspiration for that. 
Okay, so if I start, I need to just go back until okay. I was like probably 14 okay. years old. Okay. Um, back in my home country, um, I used to, well, I was to be in the, um, I used to be in the worship team. Okay. But also I used to disciple. Mm -hmm. So as a youth, um, I used to just be in charge of the kids of my church. Okay. And um, with my best friend, we wanted to do something that was outside of the, like the four walls of mm -hmm. church. Mm -hmm. So her brother used to um, work at the YMCA in Colombia. Okay. So as teenagers, we used to go with him just to volunteer in this vulnerable populations in Colombia with... Um, kids that were that actually had to do volunteer or service hours because of white weapons or because they have been involved at some point with addiction and stuff mm, like that. Okay. And we used to teach them music or we used to just do art activities with them, pray with them. My best friend is actually a musician. Um, but we used to do all the different type of things. So you were working <clears throat> with the YWCA or YMCA or so mm -hmm. they were they were had an active in, engagement in Colombia, huh? Yes, yeah. they actually have different um I don't know if if if, if that is the right way to say it, but different areas. Mm -hmm. So they had um kind of like an area for children okay, that okay. were being taken care of by the kind, kind of like DCF or mm -hmm, the Department of Children right. and Families mm -hmm. over there in Colombia that they were working with the parents. So that was one area. The other area were like the youth mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. um, were doing like service hours and things like that. Okay, um, okay. So we used to go to these different places, okay. which were not like the best ones okay. or the best, best areas in Colombia. Mm -hmm. And when we were like, I was 16, my best friend was even, I think that she was 14 back then. Okay. Um, we started kind of like putting like in a piece of paper. I was ah. in high school. I was, well, actually I was starting the university back then. Okay. Um, and we said that we wanted to create something like an organization wow. that it was at that point it, it was called um, the kingdom, the kingdom choir or something like that. Okay. Okay. But it was more about how to use music to, to bring people and to help them in vulnerable um, in, in vulnerable populations to to heal. Wow, that's great. <clears throat> so in, in a sense, you were already um, visioning. you had you were vision casting uh, in a way that was preparing you to do nonprofit work. So uh, at a young age, yeah, <laughs> which which is amazing. Okay, so from that Columbia upbringing, then what? So fast forward, mm -hmm. I, I mean, like you have like those dreams that mm -hmm. I think that sometimes you pray mm -hmm. and you forget about them, but God does not forget about mm -hmm. those. Mm -hmm. And I remember clearly just asking, like, here I am, just <laughs> do whatever you want with me. Mm -hmm. Like, I know that I want to do something more than just being here at church. Um, and that was always my question when I was um, studying, okay. right? Mm -hmm. I always wanted to do some missionary work mm -hmm. and I had the opportunity to go to the Middle East. And when I was in the Middle East, it hit me. Mm. It hit me because you see a lot of people, immigrants, just trying to do a lot of uh, of work just right. to to provide their families mm -hmm. where they're at. 
Um, unfortunately. So what part, what, part, what part of the Middle East did you travel to? And what, was I, this a part of a missions trip? or Actually, I went with a university. So okay. it was a business trip. Okay. And it was like, actually, it's a very nice place in Dubai. And well, while everybody was kind of looking at the fancy buildings yeah, and yeah. all this stuff, I wanted to go to the souk. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just to just be with the people. Yeah, and yeah. just being there, just sitting down okay. like at the restaurants where they used to eat okay. that allowed me to learn their lives, to okay. see their stories. And to me, being able to connect uh-huh. with... Um, with refugees and immigrants yeah. was something that truly okay, that, kind of like ignited like the fire inside right, of that, me. That really pulled on your heartstring, didn't it? Yes. Yeah. So when I came back, I wanted just to do something and okay. said, okay, I want to just get involved with refugees okay. and see how I can support. And I was very blessed that I was able to be connected yeah. with uh, an organization called Bridges Academy, yes. who at that point of time mm-hmm. was supporting refugees from Syria right. with ESOL classes. Right. So both my husband and I were like, okay, let's let's go, let's support. Yeah. There were a lot of families back then and they needed support with the children. So Emerson went there to support the children, which okay. like probably that's going to be a different story. Like <laughs> the way that he says like, oh my God, like the first time that uh-huh, we met them yeah. to how we actually left right, them. Right. Um, and, and, and of course <laughs> the language, uh, the Arab speaking, right? So the, the children, were they English more? I mean, they... Was it both parents and children that you're dealing both with? Both parents language? and yeah. children. Uh-huh. So I was at that point of time, I was supporting the parents. Okay. Um, with English and even just writing. Mm-hmm. And it was very interesting because I believe that it is not only until you relate with others in a personal level mm-hmm. that you can actually support them yeah. and just really do ministry. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um and because you love them, mm-hmm. right? You you give exactly like what God has given you, that love. Yeah. But yeah. it is not like, okay, I will love you because I am going to kind of sell you this. Yeah. Is 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 part it's it's a genuine re- relationship. So unfortunately, bridges closed mm-hmm. and they were not going to continue with them. And the question was like, what are we gonna do with the kids? Mm-hmm. What are we gonna do mm-hmm. with the parents? So I had already build like build those relationships with Mm -hmm. the families so i was very grateful (laughs) that uh lwcc opened the doors um for us so that we could continue teaching them but what i didn't want to do though is just to give them academic information i i wanted something more and that's when i started going further and researching about social emotional learning okay so let me let me just back up a minute because that's good good stuff good stuff uh so when bridges um was no longer being able to engage these families you and your husband had built up such a good relationship with the families that they trusted you Mm -hmm. and even though uh they were um, Arab in terms of their orientation, religion, lifestyles. They had a trust for you all that enabled you all to try to transition uh, f- even working in a Christian church. So with LW Living Word. So 
I think that says something about you all and the spirit that you had, uh, that you see that working with people transcends religion and, and traditions. And so we have to learn about other people's lives. So that's good. Yeah, absolutely. Cause like, I think that when you start seeing people not by their labels Mm -hmm. or by the way that they look like, if, whether they have a hijab mm-hmm. or they don't, mm-hmm. right? Um, whether they confess that Jesus is Savior mm-hmm. or not, mm-hmm. they they do not see that, mm-hmm. right? It's only when when they start asking questions, and I remember clearly, like some of them, like Natalie, why do you love us like this? Mm-hmm. And my only answer is like. Because Jesus loves me, and yeah, that's the yeah. that's the love that I have. That, inside that of you. opened the door, right, exactly. for engagement. Yeah, and it opened to beautiful conversations mm-hmm, with them. Mm-hmm. But there was not this agenda mm-hmm. where um, I had a speech in there. Mm-hmm. They, they knew that it was truly genuine, mm-hmm. and regardless of what they wear or yeah. who they wear, yeah. I was there for them. Yeah. I think that's that's awesome. And I, I know that both you and Emerson uh, had a love for the study of apologetics. And we've had many conversations where apologetics is, you know, you're defending, how do you defend what you believe? But it's done in a way that it's loving. It's not uh, dogmatic. Uh, and I think that's what makes uh, what you all we're doing so effective. Let me let me kind of get now into this uh, idea of nonprofit work and you building an organization because, as you said, that you're working with the the Syrian refugees and the other children. Uh, so, after you work with them, then what kind of prompted you? You said you began to do some research. So, talk a little bit about that. So. I started looking and I wanted to just, I believe, I truly believe that education, it's, it's the source of wisdom in many things. Okay. So okay. when we are able to educate ourselves, we know that we don't know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and we have like that spirit of curious, curiosity. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I really wanted to have in them. Mm-hmm. Um, the kids already knew English because like they took it really yeah, fast, yeah. but mm-hmm. they were still coming with a lot of background for the traumatic experiences that they were coming from their, um, they were having from their home countries yeah. and academically they were struggling, but yeah. it's not because they were not bright. Yeah. It's because there was a lot of emotional so the burden. Trauma, the trauma. Yeah. Exactly. So mm-hmm. I started looking at, different sources and one of those was definitely emotional intelligence how social emotional learning was so important because education Mm -hmm. is not only cognitive but it is both social Mm -hmm. and emotional you need to interact with others you feel yeah yeah that's that's great uh because the first thing i guess that kind of just struck me was the fact that these kids were coming from war-torn countries their 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 governments were fighting and in war with other nations and we know syria what it's been that uh tradition there of war but and so the impact that that it had on the kids to learn and i think that was what you really were getting at 
that is hard to learn when you're in the midst of a war and your family is involved and engaged in a kind of war uh, atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And so you're saying you were breaking down some of those barriers to help And even the gender gap. Okay. Oh, because yes. that was okay. a big thing. So at the beginning, uh-huh. and I'm not kidding. Okay. <laughs> the okay. first time that we met these kids, they were spitting at each other. Like it was crazy. Okay. Um, things that, for example, for our society could be normal to mm-hmm. say for them were literally an offense. Mm-hmm. And getting to understand their customs and also being able to make a stop and say, okay, wait, tune in with your emotions. What are you feeling? Do you want to feel that way? How can you change your thoughts and your actions to feel different? Wow. So even with the cultural understanding, it was not just the kids who had to learn, but your instructors had to be culturally uh, educated, right? Yes. And sometimes, like, I mean, there are things that sometimes you don't know, right? or words that you don't know if they are proper to use. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that even when you come from a from a point of humbleness mm-hmm. and and say, well, I, I may not know about your culture. Why don't you share that with me? Mm-hmm. I think that even kids realize and they are more open when yeah. you when you just come to their level. Yeah. You know, yeah. and you have that openness. Yeah. So I think that from from that experience, mm-hmm. that's what ignited us to say, okay, we want to just go further. This is working. Mm-hmm. From day one, that they were literally spitting at each other, that they couldn't be in the same rooms with 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 girls or boys, that they were very offensive mm-hmm. to becoming leaders of their own groups mm. and being able to to show love to their families, to be able to work as a team. Mm-hmm. It was great. And parents saying, Natalie, because like sometimes they had, they like, they struggle just trying to understand the, the, like their note, like their, 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 like their, their test and stuff like that. The grades. The grades. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I used to just see like the first time that they got their grades to the last time. I'm like, wow, it was a huge change. So we knew that. Every Saturday that we were going there, picking them up, coming, giving them the content, teaching them not only about how to tune in with their emotions, but also how to use um, math, science to really bring that component and that spiritual component as well. Uh, It was changing their lives. Yeah, yeah. I I have wonderful uh, pictures of seeing... Uh, Emerson uh, driving the church van to go pick up, as he would call them, the kiddos, <laughs> and and how enthusiastic they would be to be able to come and get the kind of learning that you all were doing. Now, uh, so uh, the nonprofit piece of it, you uh, have envisioned, even from a young person, doing something to impact children's lives. What was the process for turning it into your business? You are now the CEO of of this intellectual, uh, the social intellectual learning. Uh, what inspired you to move it to the next level as a nonprofit? Honestly, um, and it was me moving to Arizona. So when I had to make the decision, I knew that it was not something that it was for me or from me. But it was something that God was 
pushing me to do. And mm-hmm. at that moment, I just knew that he was the one that was bringing me there. But I didn't know why or how. When I went to Arizona, I continued everything, but I just didn't want to leave what I had started mm-hmm. in Florida. Gotcha. So gotcha. I started just putting more work into it and said, how can I just put this available that I already know that works? We have already worked on this for two years. How can I make it available for children in vulnerability? So when I started just doing my research, because I'm, 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 I'm a nerd. <laughs> I love <laughs> just reading. Nothing and, wrong with that. Welcome to the family. I love it. <laughs> I mean, I love education. Yeah. Um, I started seeing that the stats of Arizona were really challenging for me to see mm-hmm. in terms of foster care. And I saw that there was a huge need because there were children that were facing adverse childhood experiences with abuse, neglect, household challenges, and they were not being addressed. They were struggling big time at um like in in their academics, mm-hmm. but also the level of trauma. So I said, okay, I already know that social emotional learning works. Mm-hmm. What if we do something different and we incorporate in that model the trauma-informed care component? What if we do not only focus on the, the, the emotional intelligence part, but we okay. also co- like think about how to to focus on a holistic well-being? And that's what pushed me to just say, okay, we're going to open something. We're going to do something different that embeds that need. Mm. And that's how we I opened wow. Circle I, Um, That in reality, I was, I love going hiking. That's where <laughs> I, I feel like, yes, I, when I go to church or when I, I am in my room and I pray, it is very powerful. Mm-hmm. But to me, when I go hiking, mm-hmm. that's the moment where I truly connect with God. Mm-hmm. Okay. And one day in one of those mountains, <laughs> one of those mountains, I was, I found, was, sounds I was like praying. it sounds like Moses <laughs> at the burning bush or something. Yeah, no, yeah. No kidding. It was like yeah. something like that. But I was praying and I was. Uh-huh. Uh, there is this verse of the Bible where it says, "I have called you to be a light of nations to be to bring salvation to the end of the world." That um, Paul actually mentioned that in acts Mm -hmm. and i had that in my mind and that has been kind of like my verse since very young age and i said lord i want to be light for the world Mm -hmm. and as i was just going and taking a look at it i saw the word kalai kalai uh it's a hebrew word that means to be light Mm -hmm. but it also means to be able to rest by fire Mm -hmm. and that clicked wow because These kids and sometimes these families are feeling fire in their context, but being able to rest, mm, wow. it's, it's, it, it, it's just a huge change and also yeah. understanding that they are being light. Wow. So that's how it came, came up. Came up with Circali. Yeah. Exactly. So uh-huh. Circali means sir in Spanish, it means to be, to be, okay. to be, but it also is the acronym of social emotional resources. And Kalai is to be light. Um, So that's how we started. It took me a year just to kind of put together a structure that was very Mm -hmm. well-founded theoretically, like with a good foundation, Mm -hmm. Um, scientifically, just drafting all the programs and everything, getting certified in emotional intelligence. And then we started getting connected with 
with organizations that were working with foster children, refugees over there. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I'm so impressed. Uh, and one of the most impressive things for me is your willingness to do the work, the research, uh, in order to build this, to make it, uh, to be on a strong foundation. Uh, many organizations get started, but they don't last because the foundation is not, not solid. But because you've done the research, it looks like it's been, you know, it's 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 flourishing, and we like to use the word flourish. And right? I think I think that it is. I was saying for the longest time, mm -hmm. I was asking, and I was struggling, honestly, <laughs> asking God, like, why did I start what I started? <laughs> like, what is international business gonna do with this, uh, or how a master in business administration? Yeah. I thought in my mind that being in a in the Christian university was going to give me all the answers, yeah. and I graduated. I'm like. I still don't know. Yeah. Um, but it was only until I was able to open mm -hmm. the nonprofit that I realized, listen, you could have any type of degree. That degree yeah. or that study or that experience that you had is going to yeah. be able to feel you and give you exactly what you need yeah. for the purpose that God has called you to do. Yeah, yeah. And, and you couldn't see it back then. You're no. like, I'm going through doing this this administration, this leadership stuff, but where, what is it going to do for me? Yeah. Exactly. And I work in the in the corporate world mm -hmm. as, a, as a financial analyst, as a controller, and accounting finances and i'm like how is this gonna work <laughs> yeah. but as i started becoming an entrepreneur and just being a steward of of, of this nonprofit, i said well a nonprofit is never yours mm -hmm. you have a vision where people tag along with that vision right yeah, yeah. but you need to be a steward of of how the funding comes, how yeah. you're able to generate resources, how you're able to provide people, yeah. how you're able to keep your volunteers and just have a, a, a good structure. Yeah, Cause I yeah. feel like some of the main needs that nonprofits have mm -hmm. is that organization. Yeah. And um, I, I, I am very blessed that I was able to get that through, mm -hmm. through my studies that I never thought yeah that yeah, it was wow. that was the why look at god yeah <laughs> yes. look at god yeah let me uh let me get to now uh the successes of of your ministry of your nonprofit. uh i know recently you had a celebration and talk a little bit about the success of of what you've been doing and how many people have been touched by it okay so um this year, I, I, I'm going to say just this year, mm -hmm. our goal was to impact 250 um, between children and, 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 and adults, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That was our goal. We didn't, we said we don't want to go like crazy and being ambitious mm -hmm. and not being able to fulfill. Mm -hmm. um, but we wanted to just do it in a way that we were, we were going to push ourselves mm -hmm. um, and be able to do that. Last year, we had been able to do programming and workshops with emotional intelligence for 150. Mm -hmm. So our goal was 250. By June 30th, we were able to impact over 430 
different. 430? Yeah. So to us, or to me at least, it was a success because it's something that went way beyond Mm -hmm. what we had put ourselves as a goal. Um, And not because people are a goal per se, Mm -hmm. but because we knew that the activities or the things that we were doing while like kids are having fun. Yeah. Like you ask them, like, are you doing an emotional intelligence workshop? <laughs> of course, they are not gonna tell you yes, right. but uh, yeah. they're probably gonna tell you. I'm just like, I'm gonna just have fun. I'm just right. going to do this and art and whatever. Yeah, yeah. But the content, that's yeah. where they're able to get something yeah. that is powerful. So you have a good product. Mm-hmm. And if you have a good product, they will come. Yeah. And so they came. So that's, yes. And it, so yeah. the festival that we had, for example, on May, mm-hmm. that was, um, it's called Shine. It's an, our emotional intelligence festival for children and youth. We mm-hmm. actually have it in Spanish virtually. Uh, it's going to happen in August. Okay. Um, but this one was in person in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And, um, we wanted to also celebrate not only our anniversary, mm-hmm. but also we want we wanted to acknowledge Foster Care Awareness Month. I see. So we were able to connect with a wonderful organization. Um, is the Arizona Foster, um, uh, the Arizona Association for Foster Children and Families. Okay. Um, and then they were able to connect us with all their families, and and they came. Um, wow a lot of organizations that work with foster kids, with uh, with parents, with adoptive um, mm. families, mm. really wanted just to be there, support, wow. provide resources. Wow. And uh, that was a wonderful opportunity where we as organizations said, well, we are not alone. Like wow. the, I don't know, the $1 that serves me to support mm-hmm. that person mm-hmm. can be, can have a bigger impact sure. if we just put together all our lo- dollars sure. and just expand that. Right. So wow, that's that's good because I mean one of the things themes that we have at Power to Be, uh, what we like to emphasize, is the importance of being connected and partnering with other agencies and organizations that are like minded. Um, the fact that you said foster uh, care, foster parenting. Because I think that's one of the organizations that really need a lot of reform. And so the support that you can bring to that kind of an organization is critical. And so I applaud you for that. So, and yeah. absolutely, like, I I think, and, and probably that's going to just be a longer conversation if we talk about mm-hmm. the laws and everything that is involved in, in, the, in the system, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. About foster care, but... Yeah. I truly believe that when you support not only emotionally, but also mentally, mm-hmm. physically, uh, spiritually mm-hmm. to kids that enter to the system, you are you are helping them mm-hmm. not only by preventing that they go to the juvenile system yes, yes. or probably get incarcerated in their mm-hmm. adulthood, mm-hmm. but you are making sure that they can probably get an easier way to be connected to a, a family yeah, yeah, or that they are able to thrive even in the midst of their challenges because we understand that it, it doesn't mean 
It doesn't mean that you're not going to have any issues in the future. Mm-hmm. But we want to equip you yeah. for when you have them, right. how to navigate through them. Yeah, yeah. That's great. That, that, is, that is great. Um, Natalie, if, if someone was uh, thinking about embarking on doing what you <laughs> are doing, uh, what would be some advice, maybe three things that you would say would be the top advice givers that I would like to give to somebody that might want to do something similar to what you're doing. Similar, like opening a nonprofit, a nonprofit or- working with in, in the area of, of, um, you know, emotional learning. Emotional learning. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, I would say that for nonprofits, let's say that I want to do something bigger than myself. I think that it is very important to that. That's me. Write it down like okay. vision. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. I am the type of person that once I write something mm-hmm. and even I draw it, it's kind of my way to say I am committed to this. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, and visually it gives you a better idea of how you want to move forward to it. Okay. Good. <clears throat> so Good. I would say the first thing is putting in paper. Put it, okay. Um, write it down. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. When, when we talk about a mission, right? The mission, I, I, I typically say to, to the people that I coach, what is your mission statement? Just like any company has mm-hmm. mission statements, mm-hmm. what is your mission statement? Mm-hmm. That no matter if you have a building or you don't have a building, that mission statement is going to be there Yeah. no yeah. matter what. Okay. That mission statement needs to be so clear mm-hmm. that you don't need to read it. Yeah, yeah. And I think that just writing down that mission statement, mm-hmm. your personal mission statement, mm-hmm. is going to give that a structure for whatever you want to build in ministry, nonprofits, whatever it is. Yeah. Okay. So that would be my first mm-hmm. um, advice. The second one is do not reinvent the wheel. Um, uh, okay. I think that sometimes, although, and this is not to discourage mm-hmm. innovation. Innovation needs to happen. Yeah, okay. But there are a lot of matter experts, people that have a lot of wisdom and experience out mm-hmm. there. Um, and the more you learn from them, so, the so better. you're saying draw on, draw, draw your knowledge from people who've already done it so that you don't have to go and <laughs> and have to go navigate these tough spots because somebody's already done that work, right? Yeah, and okay. and even the, the work doesn't exist. For for mm-hmm. instance, I when I was trying to look for something that embedded trauma-informed care with social-emotional learning, I mm-hmm. couldn't find it. Mm-hmm. But I started just kind of looking, okay, so who are the experts in emotional intelligence? Mm-hmm. Who can just <clears throat> give me some support in, in this area and can support me here in trauma-informed care mm-hmm. and also it doesn't need to be on that ex- th- those areas but entrepreneurs okay like yeah. hey i have had an experience i, I actually had conversations with um with executive directors of nonprofits mm-hmm. that were working in diabetes, Not, nothing to do with what I am, I was doing, but it was more in the management. What were their struggles? What okay. were the things that they needed? Sure. And I think that engaging in those conversations are very powerful because they give you feedback yeah. and information yeah. of what to do yeah. and what to avoid. Yeah, yeah. So you can apply, even though something may not be directly connected to what you're doing, there are certain structural elements mm-hmm. that you can learn from. Okay, that's good. Okay, so you write it down and then 
um, connect with connect people with and experts, experts um, okay. in different areas. Mm-hmm. And the third one, like I think that praying is a huge thing for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Um, and as just as you wait in God, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean just not to do anything. Like keep knocking. Sometimes God answers by not opening a door, Mm -hmm. but that also builds your resiliency. Mm -hmm. So um, I always say pray, Mm -hmm. but keep moving forward. Okay. Keep moving forward. And just um, that wisdom of, of God is always going to talk to you through the peace that you have. And, I believe that he gave us emotions and, mm-hmm. and, and that's something that I, I, I say when we talk about spiritual well-being. Mm-hmm. He gave us emotions mm-hmm. for us to s- hear the messages and the wisdom behind them. Yeah, yeah, um, that's good. So when there is no peace, mm-hmm. that means that there is something that may be affecting our safety yeah. or there may be an obstacle to overcome or we need to wait because yeah. probably it's not the the wise or the right time. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that that's key. That's great. That's great. So uh, you've got, um, you've got the organization is working well in, in Arizona and now and in Florida. What is your ultimate goal for this? <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're talking to a very ambitious person I, and right that's, now. <laughs> and that's fine. I love big dreamers. I love it. Yeah. Well, honestly, right now we are opening in California. Ah. So we are actually going to start operating um, in August. Okay. We are going to do our first festival Wonderful. over there. It's called The Spark. Wow. Um, and we're going to start with my mindful space uh, with teenagers. Okay. Um, that's going to be in California, here in Florida. We uh-huh. also have uh, one of the programs mm-hmm. in Phoenix as well. And we have in Colombia as oh, well with the Columbia, YMCA. Right. Yeah. So my vision, <laughs> my desire yeah. is that we can become a, an international organization yeah. that like, is well-recognized to support with um, social-emotional resources wow. to children and families. That is awesome. And you are it's global. It's, it's already got a global connection. I mean, you're not only the fact that you're from Colombia, and but because you're also reaching a lot of international kids. So that's that's just great. That's uh, I'm excited for you, and I love... <laughs> I love the fact that you are a visionary and and but you're putting the work into it as well. So that that really bespeaks uh, also. Is it okay if I pray for you? Absolutely. Okay, let's pray. Lord, we are so grateful for what uh, has been shared today with Natalie and the work of Sarah Kelly. We thank you, God, for how you have used that ministry to impact the lives of so many children and parents. I pray, oh God, even as Natalie works to uh, expand and build the ministry that you've entrusted to her, that you will provide the resources that she needs to be able to carry forward, dear Lord, so that light would continue to shine bright and those who see that light would not only be lifted up and inspired, but give 
you the glory. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in her life. We thank you what you've already done. And those areas that she is expanding to in California and Columbia, we pray, oh God, that you would continue to just uh, help them to flourish and grow and be a blessing to so many. So we thank you, God. We thank you for what she's doing, and we will be careful to give you the praise and the thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Now tell me now your website. Can, can you give a website uh, sure. to our audience? Okay. Yes, yeah. it's Circali. So it's S E R K A L L A I dot O R G. Um, and yeah. I like subscribe. We always have beautiful events, free events, a lot of resources um, that are for adults, for children, and they are incredible. So that's great. Welcome. That's great. That's great. Well, we want to present you with a, a power to be Tumblr uh, to say thank you for being on our show. And every time you see this, you know that you'll have the power to be. And so congratulations. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank I you for being <laughs> All right. This is perfect for my coffee. Oh, good, good. Yeah, <laughs> my Colombian can, coffee. Right. And you can take it with you on your, your mountain. Absolutely, <laughs> your yes. Your heights. Yeah. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you so much. Listen, audience, what a wonderful ministry of giving back to those who are so desperately in need. And we thank God that Natalie is working in a way that can touch the lives of so many. Thank you for watching today, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. God bless you, and keep believing in the power to be. We would like to thank this episode's sponsor, Living Word Christian Community, located at 2390 South Military Trail, West Palm Beach, Florida, 33415, where Dr. Terrell Bird is the lead pastor. The worship service begins at 1030 a.m. in person, on Facebook, and Instagram Live.